Hello, it's Brooke and Abby, and welcome to History with Babby. Today we will be discussing American colonialism and looking closely at the point of view from Native cultures who were already settled there. So tell me, Brooke, how did colonizers colonize, and what did they do to make this process work? Well, colonizers typically have been known to colonize through a central system of power and have really dominated the surrounding land and its components of it. And this really just works through war or physical contact with the opposition as well. What do you think? Yeah, I remembered that um, colonizers came to like Virginia, like they sailed here. And Unfortunately, they abused the knowledge of the natives living there to understand, like, how the land worked. And then they progressed to killing them to make them slaves. If they revolted, then they were punished. Yeah, exactly. Um, Explain why or how you think America became important to Britain. Honestly, the way I look at it is America was just free land for Britain, and they wanted to increase their wealth and power, so they spread out and went to the land. Um, They wanted to establish an American colony in hopes to find silver and gold, and they wanted the materials there that they couldn't obtain or grow in England so they could open up a new market for trade. What do you think? Um, Well, America really became important to Britain because Britain was often tied to the Americas due to their trade or even by the way they were governed. So these colonies frequently depended on Britain for goods and supplies. And Britain also co-depended on them because Britain deeply needed money to pay for its war debts. Do you think the colonists were justified in breaking away from Great Britain? Well, I believe the colonists were rightly justified uh, from breaking away from Great Britain just because it is even clearly stated in the Declaration of Independence that there has been multiple occurrences that have stated the colonists' problems against the king. Um, some of the col- or one colonist problem that's widely known would be that the king taxed all of the colonists greatly, and that was just one big reason. And there's obviously many more for why they broke away. So, what do you think? Yeah, I totally think they were justified because Britain was taxing them without allowing them to have representation in Parliament. The Declaration of Independence, like you said, has a whole list of complaints which justifies this breaking away. And the complaints were just stating out why the king was so horrible to them. And so, yeah, it makes sense. All right, now let's take a look at the indigenous people. How did they resist from colonialism? Well, for the most part, 
Indigenous people really did not have any control over colonialism, at least through my eyes, and for that matter, didn't even have any control over their own land. And although during the period of colonial wars, indigenous resistance did not end, and it still doesn't end, but those remaining as indigenous people, they choose to look forward to the government for help and protection against their land currently because it's the only civil way and otherwise they would be hated on if they were to go about it any other way even though it's already has been their land exactly exactly like the indigenous people they resisted to colonialism by staying true to their own culture and i know this doesn't seem like a big deal and like it actually being effective but it was because the colonists wanted the indigenous people to be like them they wanted them to convert to christianity and wear like more clothes and stuff like that but they did not want to do that because they treasured what they already had and so i think they resisted just by being themselves and in some cases yeah they did fight back because they needed to because they were being tortured and in some cases they even boycotted like planting crops for the spanish because they knew that the spanish relied on them and if they didn't do their jobs that there would be um there wouldn't be a balance for the colonists anymore so it was it was like just important that they did that that was a perfect way to put it so now explain to me what you believe the interaction between the different social groups in early america and how you see that as yeah so from like a racial perspective on the social classes the spanish saw themselves as more privileged because they were white and they believed themselves more advanced because they had guns and they had like horses they had like some way of like transportation other than like walking and as well they also they were immune to some diseases because they had already been like exposed to them so up against the natives who were just like pure and didn't have any type of conflict with disease they had no chance and they would die and life between these groups was very unfair the indians were being enslaved and punished just because their skin was a bit darker and the spanish only looked at the natives for labor that's all um how would you see this honestly from a different perspective, looking at it economically, the different social groups in, in America consisted of the gentry, the middle class, and the poor class. And the, for everyone who doesn't know, the gentry is known as the upper class. Uh, only the gentry was able and allowed to vote because most people and including the government believed that if you were upper class you were not knowledgeable and smart like you knew what you were talking about based on the amount of money that you had while the middle class and lower class were completely disregarded and weren't allowed to choose someone as a president 
who could represent them or even benefit them and their family to succeed further in life. Mm-hmm, definitely. So in what situation do you think a revolution is justified? Well, personally, I believe that a revolution is completely justified when the government betrays the purpose for which it rules, such as the good of the people, life, liberty, property, or even overusing their power in any single way. For example, as we are learning in U.S. history currently, the colonists in Great Britain broke away from the king's rule because they felt that they were being treated unjustly under the king's rule. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Revolutions are definitely justified when a person from the upper class starts either abusing power, doesn't follow a treaty that they've signed, or they even break the laws that they've created for their people. And yes, I'm aware of what you talked about, of the colonists breaking away from Great Britain. And like in the Declaration of Independence, King George is being represented as the king of Great Britain on purpose because they're showing that he doesn't deserve to be talked to directly. He's being talked to in like a serious matter and they just want, they're trying to show that they need independent independence and that he's not worthy of them anymore. Right, right. So do you, you know of the Pueblo Revolt, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you believe that that was successful? Oh, yes, it was totally successful. This revolt was, I'm astonished by how they pulled this off. The Pueblo Indians, they killed 400 Spaniards for revenge. And the reason this all started was because Catholicism was being forced on them by the missionaries who burnt down their ceremonial pits. And sometimes the Indians were being punished, like hanging, whipping, or even taking off one of their hands because they didn't believe what they were supposed to believe. And it was carefully organized by these people. What do you think about it? I agree with you know, everything you said. And I agree that it was very successful. The Specifically, the Pueblo Revolt happened back in 1680. And it was just that uprising of uh, most indigenous Pueblo people against the Spanish colonizers in the province of Santa Fe de Nuevo, Mexico. In this revolt, the Pueblo descendants, like you said, killed 400 Spaniards and even drove out the remaining 2,000 settlers out of this Mm -hmm. province. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say, just from looking at that, that the Pueblo Revolt was very successful, and Mm -hmm. it it showed and it proved to the Spaniards that it is not okay to just push these indigenous people out as they were here first. It's not a rule of, oh, we get this land now. You, what are they going to do? You can't force anything on them at all. So, mm-hmm, yeah. It, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to discussion time. Mm hmm. 
You already know I got some questions for us to analyze. So, Brooke, what have you learned that supports how we see ourselves today as a country? Well, as a country in today's society, we have to all realize that we're just really the byproducts of most colonists colonizing here and what we know now the United States of America. Yet this is only because we took that land of the indigenous people. And the question is, is this justified or not? You know, I just, I just question that every day. Like, what do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. We are byproducts of the colonists because it all started with how they got rid of hierarchy of scale and ruling of divine right. No more kings. No more I'm better than you because I'm in the nobles class and you're a peasant. Like all done with that. And that's why today we have three governing branches, which are the judicial, legislative, and executive branch, which will distinguish all of our laws our rights and they represent our people so i think it started with them right uh also like adding on to that you know what have you learned that just doesn't match what we all think of ourselves as america and what does that con conflict with yeah so like in the declaration of independence when the colonists were breaking away um, it states that all men are to be treated equally, but really, in a sense, they meant white men because to create that statement, then that would have implied that they weren't unjust to the other men, meaning the um, natives. And so like today, we still have conflict. Well, we don't, but we do. Like we, we got rid of slavery. We are letting everyone of any race have rights, which is totally true, and everyone should have rights. No one should be owned. But because of all of that, some people will still like act racist, and it just doesn't make sense because that we all live by the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. So really, we're breaking the law by being racist. And I think that's wrong. What do you think about that? I think it's totally right. Like the Declaration of Independence clearly states that all men should be treated equally, but there's just been that history of men not being treated equally. Just as America, I think that there's a huge depiction of ourselves that we are the land of the free and everyone should have the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but this honestly just again conflicts with the idea that we didn't find this new land and we took it away from the indigenous people unrightfully and punished them out of their own land so we're saying everyone should have the right to their own land and everyone should have the right to their life while we are punishing um, indigenous people and hanging them and taking away their land only to say, oh, well, only these people can have those rights. It's just, it conflicts with itself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just out of curiosity, like 
what movie or like TV character do you think is a representation of how America is right now? Well, I believe that a great parallel of America as a movie character is much like James McCoyvey. He plays Kevin Wendell Crumb in the movie Split. I believe that America is divided currently, whether it be through political beliefs and etc. James McCoyvey plays a key role in acting out the condition of having multiple personalities, being that they all think very differently. There's just really no way to depict America as a whole, but these multiple different personalities would definitely suffice. And now, Abby, what do you think is a good representation of a movie character, etc., of America? Well, I couldn't really limit myself to a character. I thought as a whole, like, the movie Scream, the horror film, would be like America. Because the Scream guy goes around terrorizing people for no reason, just because he's a serial killer. And he kills them. And... These people don't do anything wrong. They're just, it just happens to be fate, I guess. And I think this is America because, like, we get in conflicts with other countries sometimes over things that are kind of like, oh, okay, why why is this being brought up? Um, And, like, right now, for us, that would be Iran. And so Iran would be playing, like, the serial killer. And then we are, like, the people that are kind of, no, we're not dumb, but like in the movie, just running around hiding in closets. Like, I feel like sometimes I don't want war in any way, but sometimes you have to face the problem. And so I think, honestly, it was good um, that America didn't fire back at Iran because there probably would have been a war, and I don't want that in any way. That's terrible, and taxes will increase, and everyone will be sad, and it's just not a good time. So, yeah, it's definitely that movie, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Today's podcast was brought to you from the sources of History is Fun and National Geographic.